Welcome to the Icon Church podcast. Icon Church is one church in five locations. Our vision is human flourishing. We pray that this podcast helps you to flourish in life. For any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey, Icon Church, it's so good to be with you tonight and uh, our 6 p.m. service. And I really feel that I've got a word from God for us. I want to welcome you if you're joining our service wherever you're from. And I want to give a, a particular shout out to all our six campuses, our online campus, of course, that are with us, but Chesterfield, Derby, Sheffield, Rotherham and Stocksbridge as well. I want to give you a big shout. Why not put in the chat where you're watching from tonight? As I said, I really feel I've got a word from God for us tonight. I want to ask you this question to begin with. Do you realize that you are on a spiritual journey? That God has a spiritual journey for you and that God has a specific plan for your life? I wonder, have you ever thought about that? Have you considered that? That you're on this journey and that right now you're somewhere on this journey and that right now you have another step? Yes, that's true. If you're breathing air, you know, if you're, uh, if you're actually alive tonight, and I hope you are watching this, that you've actually got another step to take. The light to take. The light's green and God is saying it's time. It's time to get moving. And God is saying, come on, let's all get moving. Let's take our next step. I'm so thrilled that you're in a church that wants to and can help you take the next steps. You're not here by accident, even tonight watching. You're here because God wants you to take the next step on your journey. And I want to encourage you tonight to do that. I want to encourage us to get moving. Let's all get moving, okay? That spiritual journey, that plan that God has for us, is fourfold. It's first of all to know God, to have an intimate relationship with a very real and a living God. The second step is to find freedom to deal with our hang-ups, our issues, our past maybe, our pain, our problems, once and for all, to wipe our glasses clear so that we can discover the purpose God has for our life. And that's the first, that's the third step to find uh, the purpose that God has for our lives. And the fourth step is to make a difference. Did you spot it? Did you spot God's plan? Know God, find freedom, discover purpose and make a difference. That's God's ultimate plan for your life. It's the goal line. It's the basketball hoop. It's the slam dunk right there. Uh, And that's that you end up making a difference. So I want to talk a little about that tonight, uh, about making a difference. Because I get this question asked me all the time. You know, that people say, Paul, how am I supposed to know what to do? People are confused on how to take the next step. You know, and the easiest answer really uh, is to say to people, get involved in the church. You know, just start to make a difference right where you are. Do what you can in that moment. It's simple, right where you are. Just do something, find something. You know, if you're watching and you're thinking, how can I get involved? Well, just ask your campus pastor. Ask somebody on the team, how can I help? And I believe that as you do that, you'll begin to find the sense of fulfillment and you'll begin to take the steps towards the dream and the destiny God has for you. I also want to say, as we introduce this, that God is a God who speaks, that our God is not dumb, silent. 
He's a God who speaks to us. And that he's trying to speak to you personally. He's trying to speak to you about the plan he has for your life. And, uh, and he's trying to speak to you about the next step on the journey he wants you to take. So many people say to me, Paul, but I, I don't hear God. How do you hear God? Well, I want you to know that God hasn't got a speaking problem. But often it's us that have a hearing problem. He's trying to say some things to us. He's trying to say some things to you. And I want to give us a clue tonight into how God speaks and how God will speak to you and me so that you can hear and so that you can take that next step. I hope you're up for it. I hope you're ready for it because I'm coming to bring that word to you today. I want you to understand that God has got his own language and that he speaks in his own language. And you might say, well, Paul, that's me finished because I don't speak God. I can't speak Klingon and I can't speak God. No, listen, God's language is dreams and visions. Let me say that again, dreams and visions. You see, God will give you ideas, supernatural ideas, that's things that you could never have come up with on your own. And watch this, because this is very critical, that the dreams and visions or the level of those dreams and visions in your life will be the key to your personal success. So the title of my message tonight is Living the Dream. Have you got it? Living the Dream. And I want to kick us off by reading one verse in three different translations to prove it to you. I'm going to turn to Proverbs 29 and verse 18. I'm going to read it first of all in the King James Version. Here it says this, where there is no vision, where there is no vision, the people perish. Now in the New International Version, it says, where there is no revelation, same thing, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instructions. Did you see that in the King James Version, where there is no vision? That word actually for vision is chazone. When I first heard that word, I thought it was calzone and I gained five pounds. But anyway, it's not calzone, it's chazone. And it means a dream, a revelation, a vision. And where there's a lack of that, the writer says, the wisdom writer says, when that doesn't exist, people perish. He's not talking about physical death. But he's talking about things in our lives die. Our marriage dies, our hopes die, our aspirations die. Maybe our emotions die. And for a lot of people, they are the living dead, the walking dead. They're alive, but they're dead because they've not got any vision. And maybe all that's missing in their lives is a God dream, something deep on the inside, something that God has shown them. And I'm going to show you today, tonight, how to get that today. The New International Version puts it slightly different. It says, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint, you know. So they get to this place where it's like, well, who cares? Cast off restraint. Does it really matter? And unfortunately, there are too many people, and that's become your life's mantra. Whatever, you know, just whatever. Talk to the hand. Just kind of go through the motions. Just dealing with the daily ground. You know, I believe that's the worst mode to be in because that's just survival mode. And God wants you to know. I don't know if you can believe this, but I just hope something I say tonight can make you believe it. I want you to know, God wants you to know that God created you for significance, not just for survival. 
You know, I'm going to read this verse again, this time from the message translation. Who loves the message translation? It says this, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what God reveals, they are most blessed. That word blessed in the Hebrew is the word happy, happy in your soul. So I have a simple goal today, and and it's this, that I want to get you dreaming again. I want to get you living the dream. In fact, as I look over my life and Jeannie's life, well, I, I can... I don't have time to tell you all the stories, but I can tell you the points where I'm at the best and I can tell you the points where I'm at the worst. And there's a direct link to how much of a dream or vision I have on the inside of me in those moments. So when I look at my life and I can say I had no dream or no vision, I can see me depressed, unhappy, life not going well. But every time, regardless of my circumstance, when I'm dreaming, When I have a vision, I feel better. I feel healthier. I've got more bounce, more spring. And I don't know if you know this or not, but the word dream and the word health are so close together in the Hebrew language that some of the Bible translators actually didn't know which word to use at times. They didn't know, should we use dream or should we use health? Because it's like vision, dreams, and health are synonymous. I want you to think about that for a moment that you can get healthy again in your soul, that your marriage could get healthy with a vision and a dream, that your life could get healthy if your life had vision. I I know you're thinking, no, no, Paul, my life would be better if the neighbor's dog would stop barking. No, no, that's not it. Circumstances are not determining your happiness. It's your dreams and your visions that are determining your happiness. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody saying, I'm going to live the dream. I'm going to live the dream. Psalm 126, verse 1, puts it this way. When the Lord, watch this, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion. That's the church, by the way, Zion. That's the type of church. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. So when I personally have been in the process of being restored, it's because I was dreaming. And now look what the Bible says. Look what the Bible says the result is. We were like those who dreamed and our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with songs of joy. I want to get you to that place today. I want to be in that place today, don't you? Laughter, joy, living the dream. And this matters so much because... I don't know what the last 19, 20 weeks have been like for you, but at times they've been very tough. You know, I'm involved in so many things and I work with so many churches and organizations. And for so many, this has been a hard season at this time. And, uh, and also I'm a pastor, which means, believe it or not, that I love people. And so many have been through or are going through tough, difficult times in this season. It's been a hard season. And we feel it because we're Christians. We're followers of Jesus. So we don't just watch and observe, but we feel it. We bear one another's burdens. So at times, it's been very tough. But I want to tell you, and I want to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. If I didn't have a dream, I would have quit. It's been so tough. But I didn't. And I'm not going to. Because I have a dream. I'm actually living the dream. 
This matters because so many of us feel unqualified. We ask, can my life really make a difference? And what we do is we lean into our feelings and we swap living for existing. You know, this week, Jeannie and I celebrated our 35th wedding anniversary. There's two pictures <clears throat> from the day we got married. Uh, the people who put them on the screen, wow, I married that girl. Honestly, I could look at that picture for hours. We often, Jeannie and I, don't get these pictures out, but I love that this week we did. I guess we got them out because it's 35 years. And one thing that I was reminded of as I looked at these pictures, we were so young, <laughs> 22 and 21, and we were so full of dreams. We didn't just think, let's get married because then we can have sex. No, we had a dream. And I've got to tell you that God has done more than we asked or imagined back then. Back then, we thought our dreams were big, but God has done more than we were dreaming. And now we dream much bigger dreams because we've realized that our God is bigger than we thought he was when we were 22 and 21. You see, we realized that Jesus has a dream. I will build my church, Jesus said. And that became our dream. And we've lived that dream for 35 years. And now our goal is and our joy is to help people live their dreams, to see their dreams come to pass. And so I wonder tonight, what dream God has for you? Because I want to help you live that dream. Don't get me wrong. Living the dream doesn't remove difficulty or hard times or difficult seasons or days. No, <clears throat> living the dream doesn't either compensate for our own stupidity. Boy, I know that. I've got decades of experience. But living the dream is what God has for you. So, I want to very quickly tell you about five types of dreamers. And, and they're all in this service. And I wonder which one are you? Here's the first type of dreamer. It's the person who has no dream. So you have no dream. There's no vision. And I'm not trying to be ugly tonight. I'm not a confrontational type of preacher, really. But the chances are, if you're the person with no dream, there may be no God inside of you that you're not strongly connected to a living God. Let me say this, it this way. You may not have a faith in God. Because Hebrews chapter 11 is very clear. It's, it talks about faith and it says, <clears throat> when you have faith, it's the substance of things hoped for. As soon as you have faith in your heart, as soon as you get close to God, God drops dreams on the inside of you. In the early church, when God establishes his church, the first thing that happened at the outset to those first believers is they began to dream. In Acts chapter 2, it was said to be the fulfillment of the prophecy that said this, that, that people would dream and prophesy and have visions. Because this is what the church does. It dreams. This is what Christians do. They have dreams. Come on, somebody. Years ago, I was in a, in a meeting, and at the time, the pastor of the world's largest, largest church, it had 100,000 members. <coughs> Imagine that. It was in South Seoul, Korea, and the pastor was called David Yonggi Cho. He said this, visions and dreams are the language of the Holy Spirit. You see, this is what we do. When we connect with our God who is alive, we dream again. And for some of you, you need to take that first step. That's your next step. You need to be saying, I need to get close to God today. 
Maybe you're just not hearing God because you've got other competing voices in your life. There's so much going on in the inside. And sometimes in order to hear God's voice, you've got to turn down the volume of the world. Turn it down and let God speak directly to you. And I'm urging you to get close to God again in this moment. Jeremiah 33 and verse 3 from the New King James Version says this, Call to me, this is God speaking, Call to me, I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. God is begging us to get close to him in prayer. And don't just let the conversation go in one direction, just you talking to God, no. Don't just dump your problems on God. No, 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 pray and listen because God will draw you close to him and he'll put a dream in your heart. The second type of dreamer is someone with a wrong dream. And for some of you today, this is you. You're this type of person. You've got a wrong dream. And when I say a a wrong dream, I'm not talking about a bad dream or even a sinful dream. It may be good, but it's just not God's dream for your life. You've allowed yourself to dream about something that has only earthly pursuits in it. And there's nothing to do with it being connected to what God has for you. Now, God doesn't mind you pursuing things, but you've got to hear this. God has much more than things, stuff for you. I want you to experience knowing that you're a part of something that God is doing on the earth. You know, everyone, God wants to experience that. In Acts chapter 20 and verse 24, the Apostle Paul says this, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I can finish the race... And complete the task the Lord Jesus has given to me. Paul was literally saying this. I found it. I found the greatest joy of my life doing that which God asked me to do. You say to this Paul, well, Paul, how do I get to that place? How do I get to a place where I have a God dream? I don't know how to say any other way than this. Surrender your life to Jesus. And what I mean by that is, say this, God, you can have everything. You can have my life, you can have my things, you can have my possessions, you can have me. And really, God, I only got those things anyway because you gave me the ability to get them in the first place. Amen. Does somebody else believe that today? I mean, we only have what we have because of his generous, loving attitude towards us. We've got a generous, loving God. And now we just turn that around and say, God, use this. Use me. I give you everything. I surrender. I did this at 13. God, you can have everything. I did it again at 15 when I felt God wanted to use me and call me to serve him. And I still do it today. God, you can have everything. Take, take, take it all. Do you remember that song? Take, take, take it all. Make sure your dream is a God dream. A third kind of dreamer today is somebody who's got a stale dream. You know, you've you've got a good dream, but it's just gone stale. You know, there was a time it burned bright. You were fired up about it, but maybe it's gone through delay or from some set of problems that you didn't plan on or didn't see coming. And today it's just barely alive. It's barely flickering. It's kind of just hanging on in there and dying out. And that's perhaps why God had me speak on this today with you watching. Just to have me blow on your dream and say, come on, 
Let's go again. Let's dream again. Let's get this thing started. Come on, somebody. Come on, everybody. Let's dream again. See, here's what I know. I've been a Christian for more than 42 years, and I've been in ministry for 36 years now. And here's what I do know about a stale dream. And that is that you don't casually go back from a stale dream to your dream being fully alive. And that's where in these if that's where you are in these types of five different types of dreamers today, if that's where you are, you won't casually move to, from a stale dream to a, a dream that's on fire and a dream that's alive. Let, I mean, just take my advice. You'll probably have to do something radical to get it back, to get that dream back. And I wonder if the Holy Spirit is steering you to do that tonight. You know, when my dream's been stale, I take time to separate from the world as much as I possibly can. And I try and connect with God in those moments as much as I can. Because really, some of our problems, the reason why we go stale in life, the reason that our dream dies, is we've got too much of the world and not enough of God. Are you listening to me, everybody? You know, it's about how much of the world I can disconnect myself from. Sometimes from the media, from the world's wisdom. What can I do just to create, even if it's just for a few days, some type of separation <clears throat> where I can add the time to spend with God. Time to spend with God in His Word, listening to His wisdom. Time I can spend in worship and in prayer. And I promise you, you'll see if you can do that, if you separate from the world's wisdom and you will get close to God, you will see that fire light up on the inside of you. Come on, somebody. We want that. <clears throat> I want to encourage you. You know, we're still putting out Monday to Friday. This is the final week, 90 seconds of freedom. And some of you, you've been getting those emails every day and you've been seeing them on YouTube or on Instagram, but you've not, been, you've not watched them. You've missed some and you've thought, well, I'll catch up, but you've not done it. You've not let it slip. I'm going to ask you to be a bit more radical than that. If your dream is going to be on fire, you've got to be more radical than that. If your dream is going to really live, you've got to be more passionate than that. You've, you've got to just stop what you're doing and give God a few moments so that your dream can catch fire. You know, the Apostle Paul even prayed this for pastors in ministry because he knew their dream can get stale too. He said to a pastor in, in Ephesus, in 2 Timothy 1.16, the pastor was Timothy. He says, I remind you, fan into flame the gift of God. And so tonight, I'm blowing on your dream. And I'm blowing on somebody today. And I'm saying, hey, it's time. It's time to get that dream back. I know it's been a long time. And maybe you've been dreaming for a long time. And maybe you've gone through a load of circumstances that have knocked you off course or even delayed your dream. Maybe something's got you off track, but it's time tonight to get radical, get passionate, and get that dream on fire. Because God still wants to do it in your life. Did you hear it? God still wants to do it. If you have the audacity to believe, God has the ability to perform. So get radical about it. Disconnect from the noise and the distraction and strongly connect to God. Two more. Number four is a vague dream. You've got a dream, but you've not spent the time that's needed to really think about it, articulate it, shape it, to dream it more thoroughly, and better yet, to write it down. 
You know, I'm shocked at the number of people who don't write their dreams down. When there's a verse in the Bible, I know it's kind of hard to understand. I mean, this verse is so hard to understand it because it's so deep. Because it says this, write it down. I mean, I know, that's tough, right? It's difficult. It's like, what do you mean, God? God says, write it down. Write down what I reveal to you. Can I encourage you today? I know I'm having a little bit of fun. Can I encourage you to get in the habit? If you want a vibrant Christian life, if you want to be a person whose dreams on fire and you're living the dream and you want to live a life of purpose and make a difference, I want you to get into the habit of, write, of dreaming and writing it down. It's Habakkuk 2 and verse 2. I'm going to read it from the New King James Version. It says, write the vision Make it plain on tablets while you've got notebooks and paper or you've got, you know, your, your, your devices. And it says, write the vision, make it plain so that he may run who reads it. I can't tell you the number of times in my life where I've caught myself in a moment and I've thought, hey, this is something I prayed about 10 years ago and wrote about 10 years ago. I was dreaming sometimes and Ten, about this 10 years ago and now I'm in this moment just look what God has done I can't tell you the number of times that's happened to me so write down your God dreams write down the vision you see for your life write down what you see yourself doing write down what you see yourself giving write it down make it plain and believe God to do it in your life and the final thing as I close is the fifth is a God dream Here's the last one, and it's a God dream. The dream that we want, isn't it? God's dream for our life. I want to say a God dream is several things. First of all, it's God honoring. It's a dream that goes beyond you and me saying, look what I got to do. Look what I did. No, it's a dream that gives God the glory because without him, that dream would be impossible. Without him, those circumstances would not have come together to get me in that place. You see, a God dream is a dream that unless God gets involved, <clears throat> it's not going to happen. It's a, it's a God-honoring dream. It's also a culture-defying dream. It's a dream that has the courage to even stand against injustices in the earth and say, no, not now, not on our watch. We're not going to allow that to happen. It's a culture-defying dream. Your God dream will go against the flow. It'll go against what people uh, will tell you to do. So many people have told Jeannie and I, you're stupid, you're crazy. Why would you do that? Why would you leave that job? Why would you do this? We did it because we had a God dream. It's a culture-defined dream. See, I believe there's a God dream in the earth right now on the issue of race because it's time for change. It's time for change in the culture. Come on, somebody. And I've got that dream. Have you? And finally, a God dream is a heaven-impacting dream. What I love about this church is that everything we do is focused on getting more people in relationship with God. Amen. We want more people in relationship with God. I wonder, can I get a better amen than that, everybody? I'm just going to warn you, a God dream will seem impossible. A dream that comes from God will always require God's help. And so for me, I'm always in over my head. I have been from years ago. And to be honest with you, in the things that God has asked me to do, I have never once felt capable. 
Just let that sink in. Never once felt capable. Never once felt gifted enough. Never once felt wise enough or clever enough. But it keeps me dependent on God, knowing that it's going to take faith, great faith in a great God in order to pull it off. I wonder, are you living that dream? Are you living the God dream? I want to help you do that today. And that's where I want to close. Because I want to read a verse. Because there's this story in Mark's gospel, Mark chapter 8. And I just want to read a couple of verses to you. And I want you to receive it. I want you to see it with fresh eyes. Uh, here's what it says. It's Mark 8, 22 to 25. Uh, and it says this. They came, Jesus and the disciples came to Bethsaida. And some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. And when he had spit, let's pause there for a moment. Oh, Jesus, spit on the man's eyes. Imagine us doing that today. Like in this culture, we'd be arrested. Spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him. Jesus asked the man, did you see anything? Do you see anything? The man looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eye, and then he saw clearly. I, this is funny to me, forgive me, when he spat, spit on the man's eye. See, the man asked Jesus to touch him, but Jesus spat. I, I think Jesus did it on purpose because the guy told him, touch him. You know, the guy, the guy came to Jesus and said, Jesus, do the hand thing. And, the guy, and Jesus said, no, no, I'm going to do the spit thing, you know. I think this happened because we try and think Jesus is into a certain way of doing things, but he's trying to say to us, don't create the rules for me to work in your life. And then Jesus asked the man after he'd spat on his eyes, what do you see? And he said, I see people looking like trees. And I've got a question for you. If he's blind, how does he know what trees look like? Well, there's only one answer, that once he did have sight and then he lost it, because he knew what trees look like. He said, I see people, but they look like trees. And then you get two words that I want you to hear, because I want to finish with these words. Two words that I'm closing with. Are you ready for it? The next two words are these, once more. Let me say them again, once more. So you know what? Jesus, Jesus who had the ability to heal this man perfectly, prayed for the guy a second time. And God is saying to you tonight, I am willing, even though you had a vision, and even though you lost a vision, I'm ready to give you a once more experience today. And especially for some of you guys, and you've been in church for a whole long time, and your church experience even has grown stale. Remember, I'm here to get you moving again. Once more, God is saying to you, once more. He's a once more kind of God. I'm telling you that someone, and you're sat by yourself, and you're in front of your computer screen right now, and there's someone, and you're just sat, and you're watching <coughs> this message on TV, and God is saying to you, come on, once more. I've got a once more kind of touch for your life right now. Listen, it says, and once more, he laid his hands on him, and he saw clearly. If Jesus was to touch you once more, you could see things clearly. Father, that's my prayer for our church. In order for our church to be all that you've created this church to be, every single one of us, every person tonight,
Lord, we need to see everything clearly. God, help us get beyond our personal pursuits and just our personal agenda that many of us are discovering anyway just leads to emptiness and dissatisfaction. God, would you help us see again once more? If that's you today in all of our campuses in your home and you say, Paul, that's me. I need to see again. I need a fresh wind, a fresh wind in my dream all over our campuses. If that's you, just say to yourself, that's me. Pray for me. I need fresh vision. I need fresh fire. Come on, all of our campuses, everybody watching online, there's a place for you to join in right now with this prayer and say, I need that once more touch tonight. Father, I pray for I pray, God, for fresh vision. And God, I pray that every person will leave this service. People who've said in their hearts, that's me. They'll leave this service following your word, writing it down, getting close to you, shutting out the noise of the world. And I pray, God, that we will get the vision you intended for us, so for us to have, so that we can make a difference the way that you've intended for us to make. In Jesus' name, and all the church said, Amen. Amen. Who's ready for that one small vision? And who's ready to live the dream tonight? Thank you so much for listening. Just before I leave, and these are holy moments when we make decisions of faith, when we say, pray for me, like you've just done. And I believe there's people here today and you're saying, Paul, I need to know God. I need to know God. I'm far from God. In fact, here's how you know if you're far from God. God seems a million miles away. Do you know that's the purpose of Jesus? That Jesus came to destroy that barrier between you and God so that you could be close. That's what salvation is. You hear us talk about salvation. That's what it is, being close to God. It's not about perfection. It's just about God being in your life. God having a relationship with you and you having a relationship with God, a committed, devoted relationship. And Jesus comes from God and he pays for our sin and he destroys that barrier. And for you, some of you tonight, you know exactly what I'm talking about because it feels like God is a million miles away. It feels like there's a gap. It feels like there's a barrier. It feels like there's something in the way. And I'm asking you in this moment right now, will you let Jesus take that barrier away? Will you let Jesus close that gap? All you have to do is say yes, all you have to do is say, that's me. I'm coming to you right now. So in the comments and in the chat, if you're watching on Church Online, there's a button and it says, raise hand. And if that's you tonight and you're saying, I, I want Jesus to close that gap. I want Jesus to remove that barrier. Would you click that button? If you're watching on YouTube, there's a link that says, raise hand. Would you click that link right now that says raise hand because you're saying that's me pray for me include me I'm saying yes right now to Jesus come on I want to give you five seconds to do it you know you've never made it if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus make that decision right now click that button or click that link do it right now or you made a decision years ago but you know you need to come back you know the fire has completely gone out and you need to come back tonight would you click that button that says raise hand would you click that link that says raise hand too because I'm going to pray for you I'm going to wait five seconds five four three two 
one. It's not too late. If you're saying, Paul, that's me. God seems a million miles away. Press that button right now. God's with you and God will see it as I pray for you. And even as I pray, it's not too late to make that decision. Lord, I thank you for every person making a decision to follow you. Every person saying yes to you right now. And Jesus, I ask you to come into their life, to come into their room right where they are so that they will know that that barrier has been removed, that that gap has been completely closed and that they now have a relationship with you, that they will know this is not about joining a religion. This is not about religion. It's about relationship and they will know your presence in their lives and that they too will be able to live and discover the dream that you have for them in Jesus name and everyone said amen come on let's celebrate with clapping emojis all those people have made those decisions and if you wanted to make that decision but you didn't do it still press that link press that button right now because we'd love to help you on this journey church have an incredible week May God bless everything you do. We're going back into a fantastic time of worship to close our service. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Icon Church. If you'd like any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. Have the best week.